0: Welcome to Destiny Spirit Church. This week's message is by our senior pastor, Donna Astern. Well, for the last couple of weeks, I've been talking to you about the presence of the Lord and positioning ourselves for divine encounters and meeting with God. And so I want to continue in that theme here tonight on seeing the glory. You know that the Bible teaches us that faith comes by hearing, right? Right. And so, as the things that I've been talking about the last couple of weeks and about tonight, the more that we hear this sort of thing, the more that faith is building in our hearts to an experiential knowledge, right? You know how that we teach in the Ministering Spiritual Gifts seminar that God does not want us to be ignorant of spiritual gifts. That is, He does not want us to be without experience. And so, taking that same principle, you know, we can hear about the presence of the Lord and the glory of God. But you know what? God wants us to have an experience of that. And it's not just something that happened to somebody else, someplace else. But well, this is something that you and I have a firsthand testimony about. We have a firsthand working knowledge of, right? And I believe that that's the heart that we have. That we're not satisfied to hear about the stuff happening way over there and way over there. But our heart says, I want to participate in there. I want in. Deal me in, right? I want to be dealt in on this hand. I want to participate in all this. And so we looked at the scripture where Jesus said that to those that loved him and kept his commandments, and his commandments are love God and love people, right? He said to those people, he said that he would disclose or manifest himself. So he's already promised to reveal himself to us in a very real and tangible way. And so we looked at, that our responsibility is to present ourselves as priests before the Lord, that we're called to a priesthood. So that's it. We're going to move into that position of being a priest and not just an outsider. And therefore, we're going to offer the members of our body, right? Spirit, soul, and body. We're going to offer ourselves as instruments of righteousness. So we're going to offer our eyes and our nose and our ears and our mouth and our hands and our heart and our head and our feet. Every part of us, we're offering to the Lord for spiritual service as priests of the Lord, all right? And so we're anticipating that as we're doing this, we're anticipating his presence, and we're positioning ourselves so that we can watch for him to move, so we can ambush God, right? We're going to lie in wait, and we're watching, because if he's moving, we're jumping. If he's moving, we're in there, all right? Let's look at 2 Chronicles chapter 5. 2 Chronicles 5. Do you know that the Bible tells us that we have a better covenant than the one that Abraham had? That what we have is better? And sometimes we read these things in the Old Testament and it looks like that kind of what they had in some ways looks better because we've not been seeing some of the same type of glory of God as has been promised. But we have a better covenant built upon better promises. And therefore, we are we are growing in faith so that we can begin to apprehend these promises in greater measure. In Second Chronicles chapter 5, verse 11, it says, When the priests came forth from the holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without regard to divisions, and all the Levitical singers, Asaph, Heman, Jeduthun, and their sons and kinsmen, clothed in fine linen with cymbals, harps, and lyres, standing east of the altar, and with them, One hundred and twenty priests blowing trumpets in unison when the trumpeters and the singers were to make themselves heard with one voice to praise and glorify the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice accompanied by trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and when they praised the Lord, he indeed is good for his loving kindness is everlasting. Then the house, the house of the Lord was filled with a cloud." When people went all out in praising and glorifying the Lord, there was a response. The house was filled with a cloud so that the priests could not stand to minister. That doesn't mean they couldn't tolerate it. It means that they could no longer function because the glory was there so strong. When the glory of the Lord comes in strong, the flesh loses energy. You kind of lose something there, you know. You feel that, I don't know if I can stand up under this weight, under the power of God. And so it says, The priest could not stand to minister because of the cloud, but for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Then Solomon said, The Lord has said that he would dwell in the thick cloud. Notice that they said that the cloud and the glory were the same thing. The cloud came in, he says, That's the glory of the Lord, and the glory is the place where the Lord dwells. It is the visible expression of His presence. Let's look over at chapter 6, verse 40. This is still going on the same temple dedication. Um, There's some other things happening, some prayer and things. And let's look at verse 40. Now, O my God, I pray, let your eyes be open and your ears attentive to the prayer offered in this place. Now, therefore, arise, O Lord God, to your resting place, you and the ark of your might. Let your priests, O Lord God, be clothed with salvation, and let your godly ones rejoice in what is good. O Lord God, do not turn away the face of your anointed. Remember your loving kindness to your servant David. Now, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. The priests could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. All the sons of Israel, seeing the fire come down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, bowed down on the pavement with their faces to the ground, and they worshiped and gave praise to the Lord, saying, Truly He is good. Truly His loving kindness is everlasting." Y'all, that's a wild church service right there. Isn't this a wild service? You got all kinds of things. You got the smoke coming in, the preachers, the priests, they can't do anything anymore. And then now we're praying, and then here's fire coming. I mean, this is dramatic, powerful service. And it was the glory of God that came in. The glory is the revelation of the presence of God. This is the realm of eternity. You know, this is heaven meeting with earth. I've heard it said in years past the veil between heaven and earth is going to become very thin and very thin. And what we're seeing now is a thinning of the veil so that we're beginning to see a lot more of what's going on in the heavenly realm. We're beginning to see it right here in the natural realm. We have more and more people now that are seeing angels, more and more people that are having visions and visitations, more and more miracles than has ever happened before. More is happening right now because of the the time that we're in and because there is a cry from the hearts of God's people. We want to see your glory. We want to see your presence. We're not satisfied with just hearing about you. I want to see you. I want to know you. I want to feel you. I want to touch you. Hallelujah. Amen. It's the glory of God filled the house. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 4, 5, it says, The Lord will create over the whole area of Mount Zion and over her assemblies a cloud by day, even smoke, and the brightness of a flaming fire by night, for over all the glory will be a canopy. Remember when God led the Israelites out of Egypt, they had what? The cloud by day and they had the fire by night. This was a visible expression of the glory of God. You know, if you wondered if God was with you, all you had to do was look outside. (laughs) Because outside in the sky, there was either a cloud or there was the fire. I mean, it was obvious God was here and He was with you. Folks, and I understand that these people were not born again. They did not have the Spirit of God on the inside of them. But you know what? I want to see the cloud and the fire myself. I don't want to just know it by faith. I want to just experience and see that happen. You know, I've heard of several occasions. I know some of it happened back in the, um, uh, the Indonesian revival, back in the uh, 60s or early 70s when that was, that the glory of God came so strong upon the church building that the neighborhood thought the building was on fire and sent the fire trucks.
1: <laughs>
0: y'all, that's a sign and a wonder. Amen. Now, y'all, would that be cool? If we're in here worshiping the Lord, and all of a sudden the fire trucks pull up because somebody thinks that the house is on fire. And we can give glory to God, which is exactly what they did in that setting. When they realized that that was not literal fire up there, that was spiritual fire, I mean, it does cause revival to break out, things like that, you know. And if if not revival for everybody, it sure gives people something to think about on the way home.
1: <laughs> I don't know about that.
0: I know. We well, you know. Sometimes you know, a sign and a wonder is meant to grab your attention. That's what it's meant for. Do you know that Moses said to the Lord? He said, "I and the children you have given me are for signs and wonders." And for a long time, I would see that scripture and I'd think, "Well, we're for signs and wonders too. We're for signs and wonders." I don't want to live like the ordinary mundane life. I want to live a life with the signs and wonders, right? It says that there's a living God who is at work in our midst. Hallelujah. 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 In Isaiah 6-3, the vision that Isaiah had, the cherubim around the throne, the seraphim, they called out and they said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. Is full of his glory. You know... If we're talking about from that from the angelic perspective, they're looking in from their perspective the whole earth is full of the glory of God it's not a pocket here it's not a pocket there but the whole earth is full of that well I need I, I need my eyes open to see that. How about you? If the whole earth is full of the glory of God, and from heaven, that's their perspective, that's what they can see, then you and I, let's get our eyes open up so we can also see and experience the glory of God just as Israel got to see it every day that they were out there in the wilderness. So what's the glory going to look like? Well, according to these scriptures that we've heard already, it's going to look like a cloud, it's going to look like fire, it's going to look like smoke, it's going to look like also like mist. Sometimes glory looks like drops, and sometimes it shows up like drops of oil or drops of water. There was one time I was in church service, we were worshiping the Lord, and oil started showing up in my hands just because we we're just worshiping the Lord. And it was not only me, but several of us had, had oil show up in our fingertips just from worshiping the Lord. It was a representation of the glory of God had in come into the meeting, you know. And so the glory of God is going to be something that not you always just have to have your eyes shut to see, but also you have your eyes open and see. These guys had their eyes open when they saw the fire come down from heaven, right? These guys had their eyes open when they saw the cloud fill the, te- the tabernacle, fill the temple. This is where I want it to be, where we don't just see it by faith, but we see it with the eyes that we've already offered for His service. I've already offered my eyes to Him today. Have you? Say, God, I want, you to, I want to see what you want to show me. Use these eyes. I want to see your beauty. I want to see your glory. With these eyes right here. Amen. Amen. That's great to use the, in, the spiritual eye on the inside, but I want my physical eyes to also see it as well. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The glory comes. If you noticed here from the passage in Chronicles, 2 Chronicles, what was the setting for when the glory of God came? The setting was that, first of all, they had praise and worship. They had a unified voice. This meant that everybody in the room was with one voice praising and worshiping the Lord. You know, I believe that sometimes we don't experience that because not everybody's participating in praise and worship. Because sometimes you've got people that, well, I don't feel like it or something's going on. And, you know, but when everybody was participating in praise and worship, that is when the glory came. So Ruth Heflin used to say, you praise until the spirit of worship comes. You worship until the glory comes. And when the glory comes, you stand in the glory. That's what Ruth Heflin said. She was one of the pioneers uh, I've had all this about glory revelation? She began to preach on that, you know, 20 years ago, or whatever. Staying in the glory, and that's it. It was like, you know, for years I didn't call it the glory, but I knew what it was. To me, I always said just the presence of the Lord, and I and my heart is satisfied when we have entered into a place of worship to where the tangible anointing of God is there, the presence of God. Well, actually, that's the glory. But for me, I always just thought, well, that's the presence of the Lord and didn't think of it. Oh, that also means fire and smoke and mist and sparklies and all that other kind of stuff as well. (laughs) You know, it sparkles in heaven. It sparkles in the glory. You know, it's it's interesting because one of the things, um, you know, when you read the descriptions of heaven and you read from revelation or you read even the things that Ezekiel saw the things of, of heaven i mean they are they're magnificent they're full of splendor there's nothing that's run of the mill i mean the place has golden streets right everything is very majestic and very splendorful is that a word splendorful <laughs> splendorous
1: <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> splendorful okay <laughs> Oh, that's funny. (laughs) Okay, so everything in heaven has got all of this richness, all of this beauty, all of this majesty, all about that. So when we experience and tap into that, we expect to see that same type of majesty, that same type of richness that comes from the splendor, that comes from His majesty. Amen. You know, to me, it's interesting that in sign language, you know, the sign for, for glory is like this. And it's the whole sign of, you know, shaking your fingers as though there's movement and there's sparklies. That, that always <laughs> communicates to me. Because glory, you know, is something that has to do with the light. Because we, glory is also, we said fire, but it also comes as light. How about when the shepherds were out there in the field... And the angels came to announce that Jesus was born. It says, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them. So there was a brightness that came along. And so there is a brightness that can also come into a room. You know, just, you know, the glory is here. God has shown up. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus is the light of the world, right? He shows up. Darkness has to go. He improves our situation. Hallelujah. Praise God. All right. Let's look at, um, where we want to go? How about 2 um, Corinthians chapter 4? So there are clouds of glory. There's fire of glory. There's light of glory. The earth is full of his glory. In Habakkuk 2.14 it says, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters cover the sea. We're in a time where we are becoming more aware of the glory of God, and we are learning to experience it. We're learning to not be satisfied with just a little bit of praise or just a little bit of good stuff, but we're wanting to press in to that full-blown manifestation, right? You want the full-blown thing, right? And what happens when we begin to sense the presence of the Lord? There's a part of us that wants to really push forward for some more, I want to go deeper than that. I want to, there's got to be more than that, you know. It's like you get a little taste and that's not enough. We've got to go further and advance even more so. So we are learning to experience that. You know, I was reading today in um, Ezekiel. Y'all know Ezekiel has some wild experiences? That was one wild bunch, book of the Bible. I tell you, every now and then i meet some prophetic people and they would tell me, Oh Donna, I don't tell people the experiences I've had. They'll think they're strange. I says, "Look, I read Ezekiel. You know, <laughs> did God yank you up by your hair between heaven and earth? No. Well, then it's not wilder than Ezekiel. I mean, how about that? God just grabbed you by the hair and pulled you to heaven. How about? <laughs> you know, you, did you read that? He did that. That's wild. And you look at the things that he saw, and he's seeing the, you know, the wheel within the wheel, and this, I mean, the wild." Creatures, He had such a hard time describing because how do you find words for something you've never, ever seen before? Anyway, so Ezekiel had some wild experiences. And he was lifted up, but he says over and over, And I saw the glory, and I saw the glory, and I saw the glory. And you're like, well, I got a better covenant than Ezekiel had. And how many times did he see the glory? Well, I don't know, but at least, you know, a bunch of times that he wrote about that he saw a richness, the splendor, the majesty of the Lord, and I was like, He's doing this with His eyes open. He's seeing wild stuff. Okay, we got to have a better one. You know what? When one of the things that I so appreciate about about Bishop Hammond that he taught, one of the the key things that I got from him that has really just has been a core value for me. What he what he opened my eyes to a truth was that if God does something with one person gives a revelation to one person and an experience for one person that's supposed to be the first person not the only person that means what god did with one or with a few he intends to be widespread later on so if you've got one person who prophesied what god intended was that everybody would prophesy right So if one person had a vision of the glory of God, and we thought, well, that was Ezekiel. I'm no prophet. I'm not. Yeah, but it was intended for one guy. And if God didn't intend for us to press into that, why did he put it in the book? Because all that stuff does is make me hungry. I read that stuff, and I'm like, I want one of those experiences. I want to see some of those things myself. You know, if God had never intended for us to do that, he would have said so. It would say somewhere in there, but you can't do this. <laughs> did you ever read that? I didn't. I read that these things were written for our instruction and our comfort. And it's time for us to understand that as born again children of God, we have a better, co- better covenant and a higher standing than Ezekiel did at the time. Now, right now, he's with, you know, God in heaven, so, you know, forget that. But, you know what I'm (laughs) saying? I mean, he's in a pretty high-ranking place right now. But I'm saying that as a man on the earth, he was anointed by the Holy Spirit. He wasn't even born again. And look at the experiences that he had. Okay, then you flip over and you look at the book of Revelation and John. John's out there on the Isle of Patmos, right? And he has a wild and glorious vision and experience. And not one place, as it says, but that was only John. You can't do that. Folks, I believe that a religious spirit and religious understanding has come in and has clouded our minds to where we didn't even dare to hope or think this was within our reach. And some of us have been there because we didn't want to be caught asking for something illegal. I have. I wanted to stay within the realm of my authority, right? And didn't realize that this was within the realm of my authority because this is part of our inheritance as children of God. Folks, this is our inheritance. Let's look at 2 uh, Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, Light shall shine out of darkness is the one who has shone in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. You see, there God is already moving in our hearts to give us knowledge of the glory. He's already put it in our hearts to want to know about the glory of God. And how do we find that? We find it in the face of Christ. We find it in the face of Christ. It's God's illumination in our hearts so that we can see and gain knowledge of the glory in the face of Christ. You see, what was once a unique experience for a few is supposed to become widespread for many people. That's why God's already put this in our heart. He has shown this in our hearts. Hallelujah. How many of y'all have read or have sung, Arise, shine, for your light has come, right? And the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. And we sang all that, right? And it says... For darkness shall cover the earth and deep darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will appear upon you. That's Isaiah 61 and 2. Arise, shine, for his glory has come, dot, 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 and his glory will appear upon you. There's a promise. God's already promised to do this. So he's putting this in our heart, and he's awakening our understanding. So when we understand it, then we can reach for it. You see, that's why when faith comes by hearing, it shows you what you can reach for. Because you didn't know otherwise. How'd you get born again? Not until somebody told you about the Lord. How'd you get baptized in the Holy Spirit? Not until somebody told you. Not until you heard the word. Faith came. Then what happened? When faith came, you began to reach out for it. Hallelujah. I'm getting you to a place where we're all going to reach out for the glory. We're going to reach out for the physical manifestation of the glory of God. Something that will revolutionize us so that when we leave here, we revolutionize out there. Amen. Amen? Amen? That's it. It's change you here so you ain't the same when you go back out there. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second 2 Corinthians 3, verse 8. How will the ministry of the Spirit fail to be even more with glory? Comparing the Old Testament... With Moses, that was a glorious administration. But said, ours is even greater. Our ministry should be much greater than Moses. You know what? Moses had some wild experiences. And he had some amazing miracles and signs that happened to him. But ours is to be even more so than that. Much more glorious. Verse 9. For if the ministry of condemnation has glory, how much more does the ministry of righteousness abound in glory? Hallelujah. Praise God. Skip down to verse 17. Now the Lord is that Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord the Spirit. This is an experience of moving and seeing the glory of God. How do you go from glory to glory? Well, you got to start somewhere and progress from there. How about, I mean, isn't that our Christian life? Everything that we're doing. We, we have one experience and then we have a greater experience. We have one encounter with the Lord and then we have another encounter with the Lord. We're going to go from glory to glory. I don't want to hear about the glory days of the past. The better days are supposed to be in front of us, correct? The ones behind Some people, the only reason they don't, you know, they talk about the ones in the past is because nothing's going on right now. Isn't that true? Well, we heard about the revival of 1902 and blah, 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 because God ain't done nothing yet. since then, as far as they're concerned. But I want us to have a living testimony of this is what God is doing right now, and it was so good, it was better than last week. Hallelujah. I can't wait till next week, because next week's going to be better than this week. And there is that hopeful anticipation because we're going to ambush God. We're going to meet with God and not let him go until he blesses us. Amen. Amen. From glory to glory. And notice he says there in verse 18, We're beholding this as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. Hmm. That means we're seeing the glory on our own lives, on our own, in our own selves, not just in other places. But right here, I can see that God's glory is at work in my own, in my own midst. I was... Um, I was reading a book the other day, and there was um, a man who's, who's currently having meetings. I forgot his name, who it is right now. But, um, but anyway, he said that he has a lot of glory manifestations in his meetings. And he said when his second daughter was born, that she was born with the glory dust on her face. And the Lord had already told him that this child would be a sign of glory. And so he says the doctor was just blown away because his baby was born with the sparklings all over her. Isn't that awesome? Yeah isn't that awesome? Yeah. You know and I just I <laughs> see you see because from heaven's perspective, the whole earth is full of his glory. Amen. the whole earth. hallelujah. And as the more we talk about it, the more we anticipate it, the more we're going to see it and the more we're going to experience it. When do you get miracles? When you talk about them, when do you get healings, when you talk about them, right? Y'all remember some time ago, I did a series on healings. We saw phenomenal healings it, more and more and more because I was preaching on healing every week, right? And the more you preach on it, that's the more you get. So the more we talk about glory, the more we're going to get it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's look at Psalm 105. So it was praise and worship, it's love of God. It's having our hope and anticipation out there to anticipate his presence, to begin to gain knowledge of the glory, to begin to learn about this, to recognize the glory when it comes. You know, when we see, well, I I see the cloud or I see the smoke or I'm seeing some sparkly things or I'm seeing some light or... Or, you know, whatever. I'm smelling the fragrance of the incense. Indicators that the glory is coming. In Psalm 105, verse 1. Oh, give thanks to the Lord and call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the peoples. Sing to Him. Sing praises to Him. Speak of all His wonders. Glory in His holy name. Let the heart of those who seek the Lord be glad. Seek the Lord and His strength. Seek the Lord continually. How many of you think God wants us to seek the Lord? To seek His face. Seek His face, right? You know, He says that again in Psalm 27 eight: When you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, O Lord, I shall seek. In Psalm 24 6, this is the generation of those who seek Him, who seek your face, even Jacob. God has asked us over and over to seek His face, to seek His face. Where are we going to find the glory? In the face of Christ. To seek him and to seek his face. That is want to get close to him and to and to commune with him. Seeking his face is crucial to seeing the glory. Because you see what? God, God is coming where he's wanted. He's coming where there is a heart to pursue him. And we're saying, God, I want to be in your presence and I want to experience your glory. I want to get close enough to see your face. Now I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but if I were, how many people have actually seen the face of the Lord? It's amazing how we read these things and don't take them literally. Did you know that God wants you to seek His face? We use the expression, get out of my face, while we say it. We're talking about, we are right here. I'm seeing you and you're seeing me. God has told us, seek my face. He only showed Moses his back parts, right? Showed him. Moses said, show me your glory. And the Lord said, I'll show you my back parts because you can't see my face and live. But guess what? We've been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. We are regenerated. We have access to the throne of heaven that Moses didn't have. And God says, seek my face. Don't be satisfied with just, you know, uh, a cloud of my presence or the back parts where you sense something at a distance, but come here and look me face to face. I'm loving this. I want your faith to be out there. I want to see the Lord. I'm going to see the Lord tonight. I'm going to see the Lord tonight. Who wants to see the Lord tonight? Amen. I want to see the Lord tonight. I want to have vision. I want to see the Lord tonight. He said, seek my face. Amen. Seek my face. You know, Ezekiel and John, they saw the glory They had visions because they were in a position of seeking His face. Let's flip over to Revelation chapter 1. They were in a position of seeking His face. Revelation 1, there's a key phrase here that we need to see. And by the way, the name of the book is Revelation. There is no S on it. It's one of my little pet peeves. (laughs) It is the book of Revelation... And the title of the book is not the Revelation of John. It's the Revelation of Jesus Christ. Right? And it what it said in verse 1? It's the Revelation of Jesus Christ as given to John. All right. Verse 10. John says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. What does that mean? We need to know what that means. It doesn't mean that while I was in church... It doesn't mean I was sitting there listening to the preacher because John is in exile for one thing. (laughs) He's out here by himself on the Isle of Patmos. And he says, I, you know, I mean, all he's got to do is commune with God every day, all day long, right? That's all he's pretty much got to do. And he said, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He was in a place of seeking the Lord's face. When you are in the Spirit, you're in a place of worship, You're in a place of communion. You're in a place of faith. To be in the Spirit is to be in that place. Would you agree with me? That's the place of being in the Spirit. And he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and something happened. His practice was to be in the Spirit on the Lord's day. So that would be like, folks, when it's time to have church services, we make it our business to get in the Spirit. Because we don't want to just get in the flesh. What's getting in the flesh? That's not worshiping, not communion, and no faith. But to be in the Spirit is worship, communion, and faith. And so as we come together, we're like, I'm going to join together. We're going to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. I'm going to be in the Spirit on the Lord's day. And immediately what happens, he says, I heard behind me a loud voice like the sound of a trumpet. I was in the Spirit, and I heard something. I want us to begin to expect to hear something when you get in the Spirit. Sometimes we get into the place of worship and communion and we forget that maybe God wants to say something. Maybe He wants to do something. Maybe He wants to tell us something. You know, what's something that we're supposed to experience besides just resting in His love. But there may be something else that He wants to, to bring to us. And look at verse 12. Then I turned to see. So I heard something. I was in the Spirit, in a place of worship, in a place of communion and faith. I heard something, and so I turned to see what it was that I heard. There is a response that comes from us when we anticipate, when we can tell that God is doing something. When we sense that, that means it's time for us to respond to that. You know, if I was here, you know, praising, worshiping the Lord, facing here, and I hear the Lord right there, I'm going to turn around. And that's exactly what John did. You know what? Same thing happened to Moses, right? He was out there in the wilderness. And, the the, you know, God doesn't light the bush in front of him. He lights the bush over here somewhere. And Moses said, I will turn aside and see. Because, see, God sometimes, he just tosses something out there just to see if you're paying attention and if you'll pursue him, if you'll come after him. Lots of times we want God to just get right straight down in front of us where we can't ignore it. But there's no faith in that either. But if you say, well, I think, was that something over there? And turn and see. My daddy, um, after he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and y'all remember, we used to be Baptists, and he got baptized in the Holy Spirit, almost immediately he began to see angels around the house. Angels sitting on the hood of the car while he was driving down the road. Angels standing at the door looking in, smiling at him. You know, I mean, all the time. And it got to where he, we'd sit there. He'd sit there at the table, and there was, if you sat there at the table, there was a, there's the door right here to the outside through the kitchen. I mean, there's the dining room and the kitchen, the door, but the door is right there in your line of sight. And you'd be sitting there eating dinner. Now, all of a sudden, he would stop and glance over to the doorway. And he'd look once twice, he'd go back and finish eating. And, and after a while, we'd go, what? <laughs> you know, what are you looking at? He said, oh, there's an angel standing there. There's an angel standing there. And we're like, what's he doing? <laughs> you know, he's standing there looking in through the window, and he's smiling. And it was like, this was, this was life with my dad. I mean, he would, we would drive down the road. He'd say, there's an angel in the hood of the car. And he's, he's sitting there, and he just turned around and smiled at us, you know. I mean, he tells us things like this all the time. And it got to where this was a very common experience for him. And his, his heart was that, I think I see something, so I'm going to look. When he thought he saw something, he looked, and sure enough, he did see something. Hallelujah. And he'd see him right there. I mean, his eyes wide open, he'd see him. Folks, we weren't raised in this. Understand, we weren't raising this, but you know what? I believe that Daddy had tapped into something more than a lot of charismatics had tapped in. You know, of course, I mean, Daddy's the ultimate charismatic now because he's with the Lord. (laughs) He's in heaven with the Lord, so he's he's having full-blown glory experiences
1: right now. (laughs) Hallelujah.
0: (laughs) I bet you he's laughing. Okay. (laughs) You know, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, the Bible says. You know, I believe that sometimes the Lord lets people from heaven hear and see what's going on here, you know. Okay, so John, he turns to see the voice that was speaking with him. And when he turns to see, he sees seven golden lampstands. In the middle of the lampstands, I saw one like a son of man, clothed in a robe, reaching to the feet, and girded across his chest with a golden sash. His head and his hair were white like white wool, like snow, and his eyes were like a flame of fire. That is a picture of a glorious Christ, amen? The glorious Christ, the glorious Lord, with his eyes like flame of fire. And notice also that Jesus is standing in the middle of the lampstands. In the middle of the lampstands, the seven golden lampstands represent the seven churches and the seven spirits of God. You know, you're going to find the Lord in the midst of His people, in the midst of corporate worship setting. There are some things that we'll have an individual, but when we come together, we won't expect Jesus to be standing in the midst of the corporate experience and that everybody can see Him. Hallelujah. I want to see the Lord tonight. Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible says that eye has not seen and ear has not heard, right? The things that the Lord has prepared for those who love Him. That means bigger than your imagination, greater than what you can imagine, or what the Lord has prepared for us. I don't know what that is, neither do you. We don't know what that is, because it's something that has not entered into our eyes or ears. But it's got to be glorious. It's got to be amazing. But it does say that God has revealed things. God has revealed things to us through the Spirit and the Spirit searches all things, even the depths of God. That means that God will take the things that you and I could not conceive of and reveal them to us by the Spirit of God. He'll reveal them to us. So there's going to be, if there's things that you and I can't conceive of, that means wild imagination stuff, doesn't it? I mean, who would have ever figured out the, the vision that Ezekiel had, the wheel within the wheel, and the eyes all around, and the head like this. and the head, I mean, come on, nobody would have figured that one out. We would have just said, I have never seen anything like that before in my life. I can't even imagine that. But the Spirit of God took something that was a reality in heaven and took it and showed Ezekiel something he could not have come up with on his own. God wants to blow us away, and I want to be blown away. I want to be blown away and amazed by the things that God wants to reveal to us. And these things are part of our inheritance. Folks, I've told you before, our inheritance is to join the family business. The family business is creation. The family business is ruling the universe. Well, guess what? God has, everything that God has created in the the spirit realm has a purpose. And so all of those magnificent living creatures and everything that's there has a purpose. Well, if we're going to be in the family business, we did kind of know about all that stuff, right? What's the purpose of that? So that we can learn how to cooperate with the purpose of God. Hallelujah. Jesus told Mary one time, He said, Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you'd see the glory of God? It's believing first and seeing second. Now, I know that we are minimum of faith, and we should know that. But when you start sometimes talking about visions and glorious things, we're like, well, let me just see it, and then I'll believe it. It doesn't work that way. It's you believe it first, and then you see it. You believe it before you see it, right? So not only do you believe in your healing before it manifests, you believe in the glory of God showing up before you see it with your natural eyes. So we're going to believe first and then see later. And so if there's a time between the time you believe and you see, does that really make any difference? No. We're going to remain strong in faith until everybody sees the glory. And hey, I mean, God could blow it away and do it in one shot, just like he did in 2 Chronicles. cloud come down, everybody saw it. It could happen like that, but it could happen that there's one or two sees something, three or four see something, next time eight or ten see something, next time 15, 20, and it's progressive and it grow, grows like that. I don't care as long as we get there. As long as we get there, because we're going to go from glory to glory to glory to glory. And if we're in a corporate setting like this, and if somebody is getting a little bit of something, everybody else should get excited. Because we're going to believe based upon if it starts with one, it's got to spread to everybody else. Because God does not intend for just one person to receive His glory in in this kind of a setting, right? You know, all glory goes to God. You know what I'm saying? Only God does not intend for just one person to experience His glory, but for all of us because it's part of our inheritance. Now, thinking about this, seeking His face. I want to see the face of the Lord. I want to see His glory. My eyes have been offered to him. My ears have been offered to him. My heart, my mind. Here, Lord, here are my my members. Show me your face. Show me your glory. Now, remember when we talk about revelation, words of knowledge, that your maker-upper is located next to your revelator. Remember that? Your maker-upper is located next to your revelator, which means (laughs) that sometimes it's hard to tell the difference between revelation and your imagination. That's hard to tell because they're very close together inside. And the Bible says in Hebrews, "What is by reason of use. We have our senses exercised to go, oh, that was my maker-upper. Okay, oh, no, 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 that was my revelator. So a little practice is okay until we can kind of figure it out, all right? So just like everything else that we've taught about spiritual gifts or speaking in tongues, there is sometimes it may sense or feel like to you that I am making this up. You know what? That's okay. Because if our heart is seeking His face, we are at least moving in that direction and He can adjust us. Is that okay? Can God just adjust you? You know, my heart is, I want to obey the Scripture and seek your face. I want to experience the glory of God. I want to have the the life and presence of God that changes us forever. So, while I'm figuring it out, how to connect with God and waiting for the Holy Spirit to to get my instructions to me, it's okay if I make a mistake once in a while, okay? It's okay if we make a mistake? Will Jesus forgive you if you make a mistake? Hallelujah. All right. All right. Do you know that you can see? You can see visions. You do you can see the glory. You can have these things. So we're going to start expecting that. Right? We're going to start expecting it from now on. Now that we know that we can, now that we know we have a better covenant, now that we know that God said seek my face, now we've heard all this stuff, faith is in our hearts, I'm going to expect to see. Now did you ever ask the Lord if you could see? You know, lots of people don't. They just kind of figured, well, if he wants me to see, you know, I will, you know. No, we're going to ask the Lord. Lord, we want to see your glory. I want to see your glory. I want to see your face. You told me to seek you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jim, would you pick up your guitar and let's do some worship for a few minutes, please? I want us to just spend a moment here because remember the glory came after they had worship. I want us to spend a little bit of time. Let's get our attention put upon the Lord. We want to seek his face, so we want to allow our hearts to be lifted up, to commune with him, to have that place of anticipation, to be in the spirit on the Lord's day. Hallelujah. Lord God, I just thank you, Lord, that you have invited us to come seek your face. And Lord God, tonight we want to seek your face. God, we come hungry for your presence. And Lord, we see that you have called us to be priests. And the priests were the ones that went in to the glory. The priests were the ones that went in to those deep places to minister to you. And Lord God, we have have had those places of our hearts being touched by your presence. But Lord, we're not satisfied with the previous experiences because we want to go from glory to glory to glory. And every wonderful time of worship, every wonderful time of the preciousness and the nearnesses, the nearness of your presence and your spirit, everything that was in the past, God, that was not sufficient. That was good for them. But now, Lord God, we're asking for a fresh experience, for a fresh seeing your face tonight. So Lord God, we present our members before you as priests of God. Lord, here are our eyes. We want to see your beauty. We want to see your kingdom. We want to see the things of the Spirit. Lord, hear our ears that we may hear your voice. Lord, hear our mouths and our tongues, Lord, to praise and worship you and to speak your words. Lord God, hear our hands to lift up in worship, to serve and to bless. Lord God, hear our feet to go where you want us to go. Lord, here's our mind. Lord, we give you our imagination tonight. We give you our imagination. We offer it to you tonight. We set our affection on things above tonight. Lord, we had the mind of Christ. We thank you, Lord God, for renewed minds. And tonight, Lord God, we give you our hearts that we may feel your heart of compassion, that we may have a pure and undivided heart. Hallelujah. We present our members before you. And Lord God, we position ourselves to enter your presence. Hallelujah. Lord, would you show us your face? Would you show us your face? Hallelujah. And we believe first, and then we see.
1: Hallelujah. 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 Worship you, O Lord. Worship you, almighty. Hallelujah. Lord, for you are righteous and holy, for you are merciful, for glory. Praise belongs to you. Praise belongs to you. Most high. Most high. Praise belongs to you. For you are high and lifted up. You are high and lifted up. Almighty. Oh, Of kings and Lord of lords, oh, we worship you, for by your blood you've redeemed us, by your blood you've set us free, by your blood you've given us access to the very home, the very home of all God, the very throne of God, hallelujah. Oh, we bless you and worship you, hallelujah, the Lamb upon the throne. All creation worships you, the elders fall before you, worthy is the Lamb to receive all glory. Worthy is the Lamb Worthy, worthy are You, Lord Worthy, worthy are You, Lord Glorious Champion Oh, Conquering King, we bless You Oh, Magnificent Savior You love me best, You love me first You called me by your name to sit with you in heavenly places Wonderful Savior, Wonderful Counselor, Hallelujah Glorious Deliverer, My Healer, My Champion For you are worthy, Hallelujah And the earth is full of your glory the earth is full of your glory hallelujah knowledge of your glory shall cover the earth and we shall see and we shall see for you are high and lifted up you are high and highly exalted with a name above every name and the angels worship you the Stars sing your name, the planets give you glory, all creation sings, you are holy, you are worthy, hallelujah, hallelujah, you are glorious, my champion, my redeemer. Yeah.
0: You, Lord.
1: Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God. Glory to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Sarabrayasam, yes, to seek your face. Oh, your wonderful face. Your eyes of fire, full of love. Seek your face. I, oh, Sam, see you ready. See you, to hear you, to feel you. See
0: you for joining us. For more information about Destiny Spirit Church or additional teaching CDs or training events, please visit our website at www.destinyspirit.com or you can write to us at Destiny Spirit Church, P.O. Box 15252, Chesapeake, Virginia, 23328. Thank you.